welcome to Finish Well Podcast, where changing the world starts with changing your home, with your host, Meredith Curtis. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Finish Well Podcast. I am so excited that you're with us today. This is episode 194, Backyard Archaeology Dig. And we are going to take a look at what it would take for you and your kids to dig a huge hole in your backyard. If your husband doesn't like that idea or your daddy, if you're a teen listening and your daddy doesn't like that idea, I bet you have a friend somewhere that would be open to having their backyard dug up. So that's what we're going to talk about. I want to just start at the very beginning that Every time we study ancient history, archaeology always comes up because there's cities that have been discovered by archaeologists that have proven the Bible true. There are ancient cities that we know so much about. And how do we know so much about them? Because of archaeology. So every time we would start to study ancient history, I'd always think we need to learn more about archaeology. It's so fascinating. But I, it always felt dry. And when I tried to tell the kids about it, it always felt dry. And I thought, how can I make it more interesting so they really get archaeology and they really understand it and see how fascinating it is? So I found a way to get kids interested in archaeology because worksheets didn't help and little workbooks didn't help. And even some of the videos we showed, what I thought were so wonderful, it didn't help. But when we had our own backyard archaeology dig, that really, really changed everything for us. And it really made archaeology come alive for my kids And it made them realize that there was so much to this thing called archaeology. And they had their own vocabulary. They had their own tools. And best of all, they got to dig in the dirt. So my friend Laura and I decided to do an archaeology dig together. And we have done two. And I want to tell you kind of what we learned the first time and what we learned the second time, because kind of like our backyard Olympic games, like the first time we did it, we learned a lot of things. And then it was the same way with the archaeology dig. So the first time we did our dig, we decided someone said, hey, you can use our backyard. It was just basically this big patch of dirt probably like 12 by 12 in in his backyard. And he said, hey, you can do it. So some of the moms in our homeschool co-op, they went out and they buried Barbies and they buried little toys and little animals. And they just, you know, it was kind of random. We got shovels and we got trowels and we just kind of went out there and let the kids go at it. Now, it was, yeah, I mean, you're picturing it, right? It's just dirt is flying, and it's kind of random, just this big, you know, thing in the backyard. And I thought, there is no way that this is how archaeologists dig. There is just no way. So three years later, it was time again to study ancient history. And we thought, you know, we probably can do this better because we learned a lot of lessons. Like, we learned that 
when you dig with a shovel, you break things. And that happened a lot. Like we, you know, someone, some strong young teenage boy, you know, put the shovel in and, and dug up the dirt and broke whatever was buried in, in, on the bottom. And also I was thinking to myself, all right, so how is this helping with ancient history? Because it's a Barbie that was released in the 1960s. And how is this helping them understand ancient history? So as much as that was fascinating, and they, honestly, the kids loved it because they got to dig in the dirt. We decided the next time we were going to do it a little differently and really to teach them about archaeology itself. So one of the things that we learned is that when you go digging, uh, and we learned this the first time, when you go, but we just didn't do it in our archaeology, archaeology dig. So with the first time we went and we learned that archaeologists dig. They dig for fossils and artifacts. So fossils would be anything, the bones of remains, bony remains of a living thing. That would be fossils. And then um, artifacts would be things that people use. Like one of the things that people find all the time is pottery. And it's usually broken. And so usually you find different pieces of it and you have to kind of, it's like a puzzle. You have to put it all back together. So other things that people find would be um, tablets or um, artwork, all kinds of things, columns. And, and people in archaeological digs, they find fascinating, amazing things like whole towns. And one of the one of the most amazing. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I want to tell you about some amazing, amazing digs um, that have uncovered some fascinating things. But anyway, so back to a, a dig. So archaeologists archaeologists dig, and a lot of times in ancient times, and even today, this happened in Bath. So there's a Roman town. Um, in England called Bath, and that was a town during Roman times. And it was, you know, people kind of left. It was like we call it ghost towns in, in the United States, but it was abandoned. And eventually people, um, dirt covered it and things covered it and there were storms. And so they ended up building over this Roman town and they built a new town. But in the 1800s, archaeology became all the rage in England, and they uncovered the Roman town of Bath. And they uncovered those same um, springs, that mineral springs that made everybody want to come. And so now, if you go to Bath in England, and I went there, and this was so exciting, you can go down into the old Roman baths that are from almost 2,000 years ago. So it's also fascinating. And archaeology, that's what happens. It uncovers the past. Well, anyway, back to archaeologists uncovering things. So there's a town. Eventually, it's abandoned for whatever reason. And then there's dirt that comes over it and storms cover it with stuff. And then they build on that town. And this happens over centuries. You know, it's not like Okay, last week the town is abandoned and two months later we 
rebuild. No, it happens like a century later. They don't even know there was a town there. And then they build another town. And then that town's abandoned. And then they build another town. And then another. And so that that layering often forms <clears throat> kind of almost like a hill, but it's called a tell. And as you go down from the top layer to the bottom, things get older and older the farther down you go. So um if you hear names like Tel Aviv, Aviv, you know, that you know that there's a tell there that was um had a lot of different layers of old towns. So very exciting. And um I don't know if you knew that, but so archaeologists often find a site that is a tell because there's so many different layers and they dig at different layers. And there's um tells in Jerusalem, there's tells in Petra, um, there's uh tells in um, Egypt, a lot in Egypt and a lot in these different places where so many centuries of history to unearth. So it's very, very exciting. And we learned about that. And so we thought, okay, let's talk about the layers. If we're going to have our own dig, we need to have layers and the top layer needs to be the newest and the bottom layer needs to be the oldest. So since we were dealing with ancient history, we decided to do the Minoans, the Egyptians, and then the top layer would be Greek. So the bottom layer was the Minoans, and the Minoans made these beautiful, beautiful murals out of little tiles and stones. They're so beautiful. And with that was another exciting archaeological discovery because they discovered the Palace of Knosso. And it was on the island of Crete. And for whatever reason, this beautiful, huge palace was abandoned. But when they unearthed it in, in an archaeological dig, they found so much beautiful artwork. And they that's how we found out that the Minoans do bull leaping because of archaeology. And we found out that bulls are sacred, but they actually do bull leaping as a sport. So I couldn't figure all that out. But we did learn about that. So we decided... For our first layer, we would make little mosaic pictures. So we passed out little squares of cardboard about four by four. And the kids, we we had beans and we had all kinds of things that they could glue down to create pictures. So they created pictures. And later we put those aside and that was the Minoan layer of the tell. Then, of course, you always hear about clay pots when you're talking about archaeology. So we decided to get some small clay pots from Lowe's, and they were maybe two or three inches, and we gave the kids paint and permanent markers, and they created Egyptian-style artwork. Because remember, our second layer is newer than the oldest layer, but older than the top layer. So the Minoans were the oldest than the Egyptians. And so we did Egyptian art and they really did a good job of making, you know, pharaohs and pharaoh's wives and things like that. So the second layer was these clay pots, but we didn't just keep them in one piece. We actually, before we um, put them at the dig site, we broke them. 
because most of the clay pots that are found in archaeological digs, if not all, are broken in pieces and they have to be put together. The very top layer was Greek, and we we got white, very cheap white paper plates, and again, markers, permanent markers and paint, and they did art in a Greek style. So we could have done vases, we t- could have done statues, but this was just the easiest. So we had three really simple, easy things to do. So in our in our classes, as we were learning about the Minoans, then we did that as a history lab or craft. And then as we learned about the Egyptians, we made these Egyptian clay pots. And then as we learned about the Greeks, we made the Greek plates. So by the time we had our archaeological dig, we knew to recognize, like if we took out Egyptian clay pots, we knew these are Egyptians. And you wouldn't have to do that. Like you wouldn't even have to be studying ancient history. You could just maybe take a week and then one day teach the kids about the Minoans do some mosaics, the second day teach them about the Egyptians, make some clay pots, the third day you learn about the Greeks and make the place, or you could do completely different cultures. So in America, they unearth, um, they're the Hopi Indians and other Indian Native American tribes out in New Mexico and Arizona, but before they were there were some Pueblo people, and they they're the remains out there of these people. So that would be different layering, but the same idea. But anyway, so we've got all our artifacts ready and they're just part of our history co-op classes. We just wove them in. And again, you don't have to do that. You could just take a few days and get everything ready. So then we delegated preparing the dig site to a father and his son. And what they did is they dug a large rectangle and then they started at the bottom. So they broke and it, it's, it was hard to break the mosaics, honestly, but they managed to do it. They broke and layered the artifacts very carefully with a thick layer of dirt between each one. And then there were stakes every 12 inches around the hole. So every foot there was a stake. And that was really important because what archaeologists do is they tie strings to make what looks like a checkerboard from the strings from stake to stake and then across stake to stake. So then they number the sections. And so when you find something as an archaeologist, you write down what box what the box name is, where you found, and what layer it was. So that is really exciting. So they prepared this dig site, and then we got there. And when we got there, we got there, of course, early. And we set up a table where we called it the repair and restore. And they could clean and restore the archaeological finds. So they would, you know, unearth the treasures and take them to this table. And there was someone who worked that table. And then there were people helping with the dig site. So by the time our students got there and we encouraged them to wear loose, comfortable clothing, because you do a ton of moving and you're out in the heat. So hats are great 
lots and lots of water is great and fruit is a great snack or, you know, other things that are healthy and are not going to make you feel kind of sick from eating and, and being in the sun. So once everyone got there, we partnered everyone up. So there was a digger and a scribe. So if you didn't want to get dirty, you could be a scribe. But if you wanted to get dirty, you could be a digger. And the diggers would find stuff. And then they would, we did not use any more shovels, by the way. Oh, and we opened in prayer for protection. And that is so, so, so important because it is so easy for people to get hurt in situations like that, you know, as you go down deeper, the hole gets deeper and you could fall in. So everyone has to be really careful. And we really wanted the Lord's blessing on this undertaking. So we dug with small plastic beach toy shovels. They won't destroy an artifact. And we also had brushes. So we had brushes of different sizes. So every time someone found an artifact, Every time someone found an artifact, the whole entire place cheered. So everyone would be digging and then, I found something, yay! All the shouting, yay! It was really fun, and it made it just a really festive day. And then, of course, the scribe would be recording the box place where he found it, describing what they found and then they would take their artifact over to the restore and repair table and they would brush off the dirt with some of the brushes there and um, if they found several pottery pieces they could try gluing them together or maybe with other people's pottery pieces so it was really really exciting so the researchers kept this log and we took a photo and measured and um the depth of where where it was found, and we recorded all that information because we wanted to be as authentic as possible with our dig site. And that was really, really special. And I just have to tell you, it really opened our eyes to what archaeology was. And honestly, to finding the broken pieces, realizing Wow, so much work because you find something, it's broken, you have to repair it, you have to clean it, you have to try to find other pieces that may be part of the same thing. And it's a lot. It is a lot of work. It's like solving a mystery, unearthing all of these things. So before I, um, before we, we leave this whole topic, It also got me excited because after we did the dig, when I talked about archaeological finds, there was a new understanding. Wow, you have to record everything. You have to measure. You have to clean the find. You have to see if it goes with anything else. That's a lot of work. And it is hot out there. Oh, well, wow. Imagine working out in the desert in Jordan or Saudi Arabia. Wow, that is really hot. So it gave us a totally different perspective of archaeology after that. And another thing we really loved was these David Downs videos. And I don't know if he is with the Lord yet or not, but he is a Christian archaeologist and he has a ton of videos on YouTube. So just look for David Downs Archaeology. And I hope they're still there, but we watched them all. And the quality isn't like 2023 
special effects and, you know, the quality is not super great, but the videos and the teaching on them is super, super great. So I want to just tell you about some exciting finds that I told my kids about because there's so many neat things that have happened um, with archaeology because there's just so much, so much going on. So there was a man named Leonard Woolley, and he evacuated Karchemish, a Hittite site, before World War I. So he was in present-day Syria, and he hired Arab workers, and he paid them well. And whenever they found an artifact, they would fire shots up in the air to celebrate. He assigned teams of four workers, a pickman, a spademan, and two basket carriers. And one of his assistants was a brand-new Oxford graduate named T.E. Lewis, who we remember as Lawrence of Arabia. So that is a really neat story. And to find a Hittite site, which confirmed the Bible story, the Bible story that there were Hittites. Another um, exciting story is about Howard Carter. And he was an English artist. He was homeschooled. And in 1891, he went to Egypt when he was only 17 years old. See, he wanted adventure. He didn't want to, like, be, you know, going to the city to work or he just wanted adventure. So he applied to be an assistant to an archaeologist going to Egypt. And his job was to copy drawings and inscriptions from artifacts. Now, of course, we take photographs to be studied later. He loved learning about Egypt so much that soon he was an expert. And eventually he bought and sold antiques and he continued to work as an excavator and an illustrator. But one day he got so excited and he said, I have to find King Tut's tomb. So he talked to a man named Lord Cameron who believed in the project and they hired 50 men to help him. And eventually, Howard Carter found this long stairway leading down to a secret door. And he wanted to open the door so bad because he knew this was it. But he thought, I have got to wait for Lord Canarvan to come and open the door. When they opened the door together. The room was filled with gold and silver and jewels. There was a gold mask that covered King Tut's face. There were these beautiful porcelain vases, chariots, yes, chariots, and furniture made of gold, and the coffin itself was made of gold. They were so excited, and that's why people get so excited about King Tut, because that was a huge archaeological find. So another really neat archaeological find is Pompeii. Now Pompeii is near this huge volcano and this happened way uh, back in Roman times when Rome was still the Roman Empire and this was a Roman city, Pompeii. And They had an amphitheater, and they had the baths, and they had all the things that Roman cities have. And they were just going about their business. And this this volcano, they knew. The volcano's there. It erupts occasionally. But this day, 
it erupted and it covered the city so fast that most people could not escape. There were a few that were on the outskirts of the city that managed to escape, but so many people died. But they didn't just die. They were mummified because the volcano happened so fast. And it was you you have mummies of people like crawling and they just they're mummies and they were covered with ash and it just mummified their bodies. So. Again, remember I told you like what happens with these towns? They just get abandoned. Of course they got abandoned because it was covered with ash. Well, years and years went by and then they decided, you know, Pompeii's to be here. We should dig it up and see if there's anything left. And when they found what they found, it was like stepping back in time into an ancient Roman city. And it was so exciting. And that was really a huge, huge find. Another thing that was really, I told you about Bath. I told you about King Tut's tomb and um, was the city of Petra. Petra is this incredible city and it is built right into the rocks, the rocky, not the Rocky Mountains of the U.S., but mountains that are rocky. And it is in Jordan. And when they found Petra, it was absolutely gorgeous and so much to it. So that is just something that has been, um, those are just some places that if you want to look them up. So there's Petra, there's Pompeii, there's Bath, there's King Tut's tomb. And all of these places are so exciting. But my favorite is Jerusalem. They have done so much digging in Jerusalem and uncovered so many things that confirm the truth of the word of God. So I really encourage you um, to teach your kids about archaeology, but just to let you know, when our kids did the actual dig, it really opened their eyes to get a glimpse of what it was like to be an archaeologist why they used the tools they did. And I'm glad we had the first one where we broke things with the shovels because I'm sure the first archaeologists did that too. And then they realized, oh, wow, we can't use big shovels. We've got to use little things. So I encourage you to have your own archaeological dig. It doesn't have to be a dig site that is big as ours. It could be like three feet by three feet or something smaller, but do the layers, make the artifacts. Well, I want to end with this. When we got to the bottom of our dig, we found a skeleton. And the person who had planted the dig site said it was a very small, it was a bone. Not a whole skeleton, just a bone. It was actually a chicken bone. But he said, is this the bone of Cain, of of Abel, who was killed by Cain? And then they dug more because they realized there was more there. And down at the bottom was an apple core. The We don't know if it was an apple, but, you know, Eve ate the forbidden fruit. So that was a super funny and everyone loved it. But that was really a blessing with everything that was done, everything that we enjoyed 
uh, about the dig. We just learned so much and had so much fun. And it, honestly, it was such a wonderful memory for my children to have and for their friends to have. We are really, really glad that we did it. Now, I have a book called Let's Have Our Own Archaeological Dig, and it talks about some exciting archaeological discoveries. It talks about uh, what archaeology is and asks questions and answers them. And it goes into detail, but in a very easy to understand way. And it gives you step-by-step instructions on how to have your own dig. So it's called Let's Have Our Own Archaeological Dig, and it's for sale at PowerlineProd.com, the ebook. And then you can also buy it at Amazon. And it is available on Amazon in print and really really low priced, but you will love it. And if you want to do this yourself, you've just got to grab, let's have our own archaeological dig. So thank you so much for joining me. I will look forward to seeing you soon. God bless you and happy homeschooling. Thank you for listening to Finish Well Podcast with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first and third Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network.